0: Hi, and welcome to the Automotive Tech Info Podcast, the program where technicians talk to technicians, offering diagnostic tips in 10 minutes or less. This podcast is brought to you by Automotive Tech Info to help you learn while you listen. I'm your host, Tony Mala, and we'll be presenting information for and by automotive technicians in a unique learning opportunity to grow your knowledge, insight, and understanding of the automotive technology you see in the shop every day, one nugget at a time. And we begin this new training opportunity by talking ADAS with Scott Brown. Scott is the co-owner of Connie and Dick's Auto Service Center in Claremont, California, and a well-known trainer and founder of Diagnostic Network. He is also an expert on everything ADAS. And in our last episode, Scott introduced us to the Advanced Driver Assist System. Scott, welcome back to the show.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Last time, you gave us a great overview of how the system worked. And we said this time, we're going to take a little closer look at some of the systems involved. So why don't you pick up where we left off? Tell us a little bit more about the details when it comes to the advanced driver assist systems.
1: Sure. So they're trying to get the vehicle to behave and make decisions similar to the way that we as a human makes a decision, right? Mm -hmm. Typically, we're using our eyes. We're using things that we've seen from the past. We're understanding how things typically flow. And this is basically what the computer vision and artificial intelligence is trying to achieve. And so if we look at the the various inputs, typically you have a camera type input, a camera may be a single monotype camera, you may have a a stereo type camera which lends itself well to establishing more depth, precision. There may actually be multiple cameras, there may be a tri setup. If you've looked at a Tesla, you'll see up there in the windshield they've got a a three-style camera, and each one of those has a different focal length. So they've got a wide view, medium, and then a long-range view. And what they're typically doing with those camera inputs is they're trying to discern what's going on around, around the vehicle. Those camera inputs may be supplemented by additional sensors like radars. You know, sometimes those radar sensors are supplementing the camera system by helping to identify certain objects. So if you think about how a camera works, you know, camera, film camera can see a lot, right? We can look at it through our eyes and we can discern, hey, that's a car, that's a motorcycle, you know, that's a curb. That's what the camera systems are designed to do. The radar system cannot do that. It can detect an object, but then it cannot classify that type of object. They're typically used for detecting an object, and then maybe ranging where that object is so it can identify where that distance is, and then perhaps detect what that change in that distance is. So think about the other sensors that the vehicle might be using. They they may be using ultrasonic devices that are used for like proximity, mainly for parking. But let's talk deeply about the camera. The camera typically is mounted like up in the windshield of the vehicle, and it has a good forward view. And when it's in that particular installation, it's used typically for lane keeping operations or warning, just a, a, like on a level zero system, it may be warning you when you go over the lines. And if it doesn't have a good calibration or a good sense of where the camera sensor resides in coordinates with the vehicle itself, it may not be able to discern where those lane lines are are at, And this is why we have to do certain calibration operations inside of the camera, though, they may be running multiple layers of artificial intelligence. There are some pretty advanced systems out there. And frankly, there may be one camera that is used by multiple manufacturers and the capabilities of that camera may vary based on the software that's being developed by each individual manufacturer. So they may have developed that software further to do more operations. So it may be able to predict when you pass over the lane. It may be able to also predict when you're going to collide with the vehicle. They may have better capabilities than, say, another vehicle with a similar setup. As a service provider, we need to be aware of what these operational characteristics are. So you don't get stuck with a complaint, say, after you do a service on a car that really is not related to it. And a consumer says, hey, you know, ever since you touched my car, it's doing this or that. So supplement on that. I highly recommend that service professionals get familiar with driving these different cars and understanding what they actually do and, and what their capabilities are. I see a lot of confusion out there in the marketplace. Consumers think that the car can do certain things but uh, unfortunately they're not (laughs) reviewing the owner's manual and getting good training on what the camera is actually capable of. Second to that, you know, the camera can only see when it has a good field of view. So, you know, wiper blades have to be in good shape. The windshield has to be in good shape. The lighting conditions have to be uh, correct. And then think about when you are doing service work, say a wheel alignment type service, if you look in the service information, a lot of times at the end of the alignment operation, it says calibrate. Or if the vehicle has a lane keeping or a lane type camera, uh, you must do a camera calibration. And the same goes with the other sensors that, that may be on the vehicle too. But these sensors are or these cameras are not terribly overcomplicated. Read the service information, get some training, get up to date, and uh, you're going to have a successful uh, outcome if you're Situational awareness is where it needs to be to handle these vehicles.
0: We'll return to our interview after this word from our sponsor. Automotive Tech Info provides professional technicians with a regular diet of repair information on BMW, Mercedes-Benz, Nissan, Toyota, Volvo, Volkswagen, Audi, Porsche, and more. It's free access to technical knowledge and insight from professional technicians for professional technicians. Simply register at www.automotivetechinfo.com to gain access to our database of technical wisdom that is easy to use and searchable by keyword, vehicle manufacturer, or publish date. It's a convenient technical resource to keep you ahead of what's coming into your shop every day. For more information, visit our website at automotivetechinfo.com. And now back to our interview.
1: So the camera system is basically one of the eyes of the ADAS system then, right? Yes, that is correct. And, and you know, they're, they're making a lot of advancements. In fact, I just saw a publication, um, 2022 Honda, uh, Honda Civic specifically, is no longer going to use the radar sensor that was located low center of the vehicle. And it's only going to rely on the camera for the adaptive cruise control, automatic emergency braking, lane centering. So their technology on their vision system has advanced so far that they no longer feel that they need that radar sensor. So it's amazing what, uh, what the technology evolution is uh, producing for us.
0: You know, everything moves so quickly these days. Things become obsolete the day they're released, it seems. But there are some systems out there then, uh, from what you just said, that would rely on both the radar and the, or LIDAR and the camera system that have worked together for that total vision picture. Is that, is that a correct assumption as well?
1: Yeah, that is correct. You know, that's called sensor fusion. Mm-hmm. They're picking up other inputs as well. So the vehicle, think about the accelerometer on the vehicle. They need to understand what the, the pitch and, and yaw is what the lateral acceleration is on the vehicle, because again, some of these are actually applying counter controls to say the steering or the braking, and they need to make sure that they do that in an intelligent fashion, so that the stability is correct in the vehicle. This integration, you know, is, I mean, it's just like we as humans uh, use all of our senses to, to navigate the world. And and you see the world is a complicated space. Mm -hmm. This is the challenge that these auto manufacturers have in trying to get these sensor systems to all work together to make the vehicle or help the vehicle operate intelligently the way that, say, an expert race car driver would be able to navigate that vehicle down the road safely and and effectively.
0: Kind of goes without saying that being very, very precise in your calibration operations when you are servicing these vehicles is critical to the proper operation. So there's lots of things we seem to need to know. And it sounds like we have a lot of things we need to look up before we start working on these vehicles. Would you recommend that anyone encountering, uh, you, would, you had mentioned some ways to identify the ADAS systems are there by look, looking at the steering wheel in part one of our series. Do we need to spend more time doing some research, looking at the service information than we did before?
1: Yes, absolutely. And this is a very tall order as well, because there isn't a one-stop shop yet today that I've found that gives us a comprehensive, absolute inventory of what's on that car. This is what we need to do as professionals. We need to take an inventory, understand what is on the car to find out if it's going to affect whatever services that we're going to apply to the automobile. NHTSA has a uh, resource uh, that you can use to to give you some information if you go to the NHTSA website so NHTSA and uh, look up the vehicle product information catalog or the acronym VPIC you can put a VIN number in there and um, do a query and you can then actually get all of the build information on that car. Today unfortunately um, all of the active safety system items are not a mandated requirement for that manufacturer to publish in that, but they are currently under review. They're reviewing that requirement document because uh, the the rules have changed, right? Or the landscape has changed. So that will become a a valuable resource in the future because you'll be able to look at that and see whether or not that car has AEB or uh, LKAS or, you know, adaptive cruise control or, or what have you. So The other ways that you can use to find this information is look through the owner's manual, Mm -hmm. look at the controls, dig into the uh, HMI or the human machine interface uh, menuing system Mm -hmm. uh, on the dash or in the center stack to understand what systems are actually on that car. And, and once you start getting into this, this is going to become second nature to the service professional to be able to discern what's going on with a car. Then the next level is understanding what those capabilities are and, and we'll get into those, I think, in later discussions here, Tony.
0: Absolutely. In fact, it looks like we're out of time now for part two. So we will continue our discussions with Scott about everything you need to know about the advanced driver assist systems in our next episode. Stay tuned and join us then. Scott, again, thanks for your time today. We'll look forward to talking with you next time.
1: Great. Thank you, Tony.